This our show, and we talk about everything, and we talk about everything. Royal Flex, the brand's own introspective insight right now. Peace, love, and all that good stuff. I am King Devdo, and um, Shannon is with the shenanigans somewhere else. Don't know where he is, but he in spirit. And we got a special guest on the show today. She go by the name of. She goes by. She goes by the name of Hannah. Hannah. Mm, clutchness. Clutchness. Because <laughs> she clutch. She much in the clutch. Because she hoop too. Y'all ain't know, but she hoop too. Um, I actually beat him one day. Kinda. Side a little bit. <laughs> It was a series. I won. Kind of. So we're not going to talk about that, though. We're going to start off with the word of the show. No, not the word of the show. The quote of the show. The quote of the show is, life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage by Annalise Nin. And the word I have actually have, we actually have two words for you today. The words of the show is Elysium, which is any place or state of perfect happiness, i.e. or paradise. And then the second word is incognitant, which is thoughtless or inconsiderate. And um, that goes, the second word goes, well, actually both words go hand in hand with the conversation that we're gonna have today. And also, you know, it's just they work. They really, really work together. I couldn't get rid of anything. I couldn't get rid of them. Just couldn't get rid of them. So I know this is off topic like a motherfucker, so I ain't going to expound on it. But All right. I know this is off topic, but what is your personal definition of happiness? Learning. Learning, Learning. what? Learning anything, like... Just every day, like, learning makes me happy. It makes me feel like there's a point to the day, I guess. And, like, okay, so what if you're not learning? Like, is he, does that mean you're not happy? Like, No. It just means when you put it like that, like, I just won't feel complete. I won't feel like I achieved anything that day. And when you feel like you achieved something and you, like, expand your knowledge, then you're going to be happier, at least for me. Okay. I can get jiggy with that. For me, I guess happiness comes more in tune with being able to be in tune with self and then ultimately being able to balance as many of your chakras as possible and not have a lot of them or too many of them overactive and not too many of them underactive so as balanced as you can get and then that then there's really no way you can be not happy because a lot of times when people is happy or not happy is because of something external and very rarely of things internal or no i take that back a lot of the things is internal things you can't control Things, things that you, you can't control. control. Things that you can't control makes you, but 
you things that you can control, but you don't know how to control it. So that then that makes you unhappy. Or it's too much effort to con- try to control it. Yeah, and then they see other people that is controlling the thing that they can't control. In a sense, like money or something like that. Like they can control their budget more or better than I can. So then they can afford X, Y, and Z and I can't afford nothing. That makes some people unhappy. So, um, yeah, I think just being in tune with self and then ultimately, you know, being able to balance the chakras as well as possible at that present moment in life. I think that, think that. Went a lot deeper, but I agree with it. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Oh, I'm getting a little sound. Sound waves with you. Yeah, keep talking I'm talking louder. Okay, so we're going to get right into the show. Incognitant is a word that will definitely fit into what we're going to talk about today. Um, If you don't know, Hannah's white. Yep, I said it. She's white. <laughs> she's actually white and Italian, but she's white. What, what Italian? What? She's Italian. Oh, <laughs> that's in. Add the, that to the dictionary. No, that's in the handionary. Handionary. <laughs> Hand. I'm gonna figure it out. Handionary is the probably what it's gonna be. But she's what? What you say? White Italian. 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 <laughs> she's Italian. Okay, but she's bought into cultures that's not just her own coming from rural america very rural america and you know that's rural america what do they do out there (laughs) there's more cows than people more cows than people there you go rural (laughs) america everybody growing up in rural america and what's the name of your town (laughs) Canna Sherega. I can't even say it. Canna Sherega. Tell me about that. Tell us about growing up in rural America in Canna Sherega. That's somewhere that I don't even know where it's at. It's like towards <laughs> Dansville. Yeah, Alfred, Dansville, Hornell. Alfred. Yeah. We know where Alfred <laughs> is. That's where a lot of people went to college at. But what about Canna Sherega? It's pretty terrible, actually. Why? Why um, terrible? you know everybody is just closed-minded like everyone's ignorant to everything outside of that little town and they don't try to learn about anything else they're like oh i got i got i got a milk the cows after school that's all i care about wait so you went to high school (laughs) and people in high school was like i gotta milk cows after class or after school oh yeah uh two of the kids in my class actually lived on farms grew up on farms and they had to go home and milk the cows. Mm-hmm. Four o'clock. Did you shake their hands? <laughs> no. Did they touch you? They were clean. Absolutely not. <laughs> they showered, you know. They just. You think they showered. You would have smelled if they did it. You don't know. They could have fancy cow. Uh, no, no, you definitely know. You would know. <laughs> I, 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 would, I can't tell you. I wouldn't know, but I'm, hey. You don't want to. I don't think they washed their hands. Okay, so grew up. With a bunch of cows and two people who know how to milk cows. I graduated with 22 people. 22 people? My class had like 237 or something like that. I think that's what we had K through 12. Together? All in one building, yeah. 
How many schools is in Kenneth Durega? One. One school. Yeah, and then like. Wait, it was K through twelve. Well, pre K through twelve, actually. Pre K through, so you went to the same school from mm-hmm. pre K all the way to twelfth grade. Yeah, the only transition was seventh grade. You get to go upstairs. Wow. <laughs> I know. You got it to was go crazy. upstairs. I had my own locker. Wow. So you shared lock? Did you have lockers or you have cubbies? Cubbies. Up until seventh grade. And then seventh grade, you got your own locker. Yep. You could walk up those stairs. Did you have like moving up ceremony? <laughs> kind of. We had orientation. Y'all didn't have moving up ceremony? Nope. <gasps> oh, you had a kindergarten graduation. No. From yeah, sixth that's grade. about it. Nope. Nothing. Wow. They didn't give y'all a moving up ceremony? Nope. They ain't even like. Bedazzle the stairs so y'all walked up the stairs or something? Nope. Like, wow. Okay. I I don't know how you did it. So you grew up in rural America, Can- Canisterega, <laughs> next to Alfred and Dansville and all that stuff. So about an hour, 15 minutes, hour, 30 minutes away from here. Mm-hmm. And to get this completely straight, you had cows. You had kids? I I did not have cows. <laughs> the community had cows. A lot of them, yeah. You had you went to school with people who milk cows. Yep, my brother actually did for his first job. Wow. <laughs> he ain't washed his hands either. It was terrible because you come home and yeah, yeah, we don't yeah. have to talk about that. <laughs> Wait, so sidebar, I know this off topic, but when they milk the cows, do they milk them oh like with their actual bare hands or just to start like to get a little bit of the milk out before they put the thing on them. I can't really explain it. I need to draw a diagram. Did you milk and then, a cow? I don't want to talk about it. You milked a cow before? Oh, well, yeah. Wow. Have you never, like, milked a cow? No. Not even, like... I a- would never milk a cow. <laughs> I'm black. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> I'm not milking no... Ca- oh, no. Yeah, I'm going to get you to. You're going to milk a cow. No, I'm not milking no cow. <laughs> no. This is on the record. King Devdo <laughs> is not milking a cow. It was only one time. Absolutely not. <laughs> so how was that experience? Not very great. I almost got kicked, actually, and then I never went back to a farm ever again. You milked the cow too hard? I don't know. I think it was just mad. My brother probably made me milk like a really mean one on purpose. Wow. <laughs> that is very interesting. I learn something new every day. Okay. Wow. So you milked the cow, too. This is just great. One time. Milk cows. So, <laughs> tell me about school there. Like, what's the culture with school? Like, tell us about school there. Like, what's the culture of school? Um, I didn't know it then, but I just feel like I was deprived of a lot of things that I should have known. Like what? Like, Christopher Columbus was mad good guy. Didn't know that till college. Well, nobody really knows that, though. Yeah, yeah, they do if if they're educated about those things. Well, in today's society, well, today's education system, um, America likes to sugarcoat a lot of history. So even here, we still used to celebrate Christopher Columbus in a way where he was seen as a hero when he was really a criminal that came over here and like took things that wasn't his. Were you so, like introduced to the idea though? No. No, oh well, guess No, I I think that's universal. Just in the, because America don't want to own up to the things that they did, mm. and they don't want to own up to the founding fathers' real ideals of people in general, like humans in general. 
like our find our find our founding fathers like naturally dehumanized humans like they started to dehumanize humans that's like they started that movement like that wave where you think hitler got it from <laughs> but what else like okay so majority white is it what first of all was there any black people in the um no the closest we had um one indian kid in my class and he was discriminated like picked on all up and all up through high school because of his pigment yeah his skin hmm. and like how did so how did like administration and stuff deal with that did they deal with it it didn't get brought to him mm, interesting that that i know of at least and if it did then they swept it under the rug yeah because nobody ever heard about it so basically you're telling me that they went into the teacher's lounge and basically did the same thing probably yeah mm-hmm. yep i believe it i believe it so growing up in rural america in the most countryous parts of the country of the oh wow the countryest parts of the country <laughs> were there really any in-depth or real discussions involving like overall community development and like racism and the betterment of people as opposed to nothing like just we good right here milking our cows teaching everybody <laughs> how to milk cows type thing like was there any real like initiatives to like bring forth different social problems socioeconomic problems like how can we make the world better type conversations that you would see in various different agencies in rochester no not at all we didn't even have a community center or anything you had to go to a town 25 minutes away to the ymca and then they if they didn't have enough room you 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 just couldn't get in and then most people didn't have the transportation to get there so pretty much after school you go home do whatever you want and you have to figure out what to do for the rest of the night there's no other options they had after school programs but it was pretty much do you want to do this art and craft or do you want to go to the gym like we're not going to talk about anything wow yeah so that's interesting because it's almost like they're part of the world but at the same time it's like they're not a part of the world they're not and a lot of the people who grew up there they don't get out of the town like they just stay there forever and then that's just because they're comfortable in their situation like they they don't have to um deal with racism or being Mm -hmm. called racist or being i don't know just the things that you end up being when you're in the city like in a city Hmm, that's interesting that's really interesting because here like we're always trying to find ways to combat racism or sexism or um fight for the lgbt community oh yeah no um there's one lesbian girl i'm pretty sure she was the grade under me and she like no everybody she was like the talk of the school because she was one of the only different girls like there's no tolerance for any of that and it starts with the parents any of what anything different like than they're used to not anything not white straight farm town related then they shun any of that like they just get rid of it most people yeah they just avoid talking about it or they make a joke out of it we need to get into rule america because these are the people who got donald j trump oh yeah there's a ton of donald trump things everywhere 
Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Rule America is the reason why Donald Trump is running the country right now. Yep. Never raise your kids there. Ever. (laughs) Was there a time growing up in that environment that you um, had to talk about racism or any really any racial issue from the world or just have to be i guess just real in general like did you have to encounter any of those real discussions throughout your time there i had one teacher she was actually my history teacher she was black no she was she was white i tried (laughs) dang it um she actually went to st john fisher and she's the only teacher i ever heard like correct anybody whether it was if they made a racial comment if they said something about someone being like gay in a negative way like call them a fag or anything like that she'd be like hey like i know that you think that's okay but if you go into the wrong place and say that like out of this town like she would she would actually correct it i feel like all the other teachers would just kind of pretend like it didn't happen Hmm. That's she was she my favorite Fisher. teacher. Oh, <laughs> she went to Fisher. Oh yeah, wow. and then Fisher—that's like your yeah. rival. That's crazy. Uh-huh. Don't let nobody hear that. That's the only time I had—I can even think of anyone ever even questioning it or bringing up the discussion a little bit. But then, of course, the other kids would just be like, "Oh, okay, we won't talk about it in front of her, but we're still gonna go in the hallway and talk about it." That's interesting because then when those people, like if you think about the people who graduated with you and where they are now, when they re-enter real society, if they do enter real society, (laughs) and I mean urban society, they're not going to know nothing. (laughs) They're just going to know white trailer park, not even trailer park. Well, yeah, white (laughs) trailer park, farm boy or farm girl like ideologies like logic they like so low on the totem pole than everybody else it's like that ignorance to culture and everything kind of comes into one and like boom like life hit them and then it's gonna be like uh, shit (laughs) yeah they won't know how to do it this is the ghetto (laughs) oh no why is he looking at me like that i mean Roll up my window. He's not looking at you. <laughs> Why are he looking at the bus coming down the street? I know, waiting to go to work. <laughs> um. Okay. So, how did you get here? Like, what made you want to do? You a double major, right? Mm-hmm. Psychology major. and community youth development. Community youth development and psychology. Yep. Coming from rural America, where nothing else matters but <laughs> cows. I'm gonna write this down. Cows. <laughs> um, milk and one school. K through six. I mean, K through 12. Pre-K through 12. Pre-K through 12. Yeah. You don't even get a pre-K. Pre-K <laughs> through 12. So cow's milk and pre... The one school with pre-K through 12 is the only thing that you have. You don't got no rec centers. You don't have no real talk. You don't got none of that stuff. You just got cows. The milk that come from the cows, so that's kind of one thing. And then one school, K through 12. Did you have sports? Did y'all have yeah, sports? Yeah, obviously. Oh, duh. <laughs> I'm retarded. She played at NAS and like. Played. <laughs> okay, I'm tripping. Please don't even think about that. Okay, so how did you get, go to, through the route of a double major for psych and CYD? 
human youth development? I started off only psych, actually. Um, and then NAS has a Partners for Learning program where you go into the city of Rochester and work at different, they have different locations. I was at um, Swan after school program. Mm-hmm. I used to go there. Yeah. And Shout out to Swan. <laughs> I yes. just, I loved it. Um, it, it. One good thing about going to a pre-K through 12 school is my senior year, I kind of got to do whatever I wanted. And I go down to the pre-K classroom and help out down there, get community service. And then I missed working with kids. So I'm like, I need to find something in Rochester because there's no way I'm staying here. And then my supervisor through PFL was like, I think you'd really like this program. And then I talked to the professor, Dr. Walking. She's like my spirit animal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she talked to me. I was just going to minor. And then she was like, oh, no, like you're going to major in it. And then. I took one class and I, I loved it. We went into the community, went to different organizations. We went to the Boys and Girls Club. Um, I can't remember all. There's a lot. We went mm-hmm. to a lot of different places and just kind of learned about the organizations, partnered with um, people like YVOV, Youth Voice One Vision. We partnered with them to make like a, it's a, it's called such safe or stepping up to solutions. It's about finding safety in Rochester and all mm-hmm. that. And we partnered with these 9th, 10th, 11th graders in high school who were on the Mayor's Advisory Council. Okay. And that was my first real experience, like working with people of different backgrounds who are young people mm-hmm. and partnering with them to do something amazing like that. And I was just like, yeah, like I want to do this. I need to major in it. And then ever since, I've been happy I did. Okay. So... Okay, so how you got to the psych? Psych? Mm-hmm. Like, what made you want to major in psych coming out of rural America? Instead of majoring in, like, our agriculture, and then you can go and go on Because that's the last thing I wanted to learn about anyway. Um, my parents always just told... Whoa, you had what? sound waves up there. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting close. <laughs> um. They always just told me I had a psychologist mind because everything anyone would say or do, whether it was at school and the family, like I would just analyze every little bit of it. Like, why do they think like that? Like, what's making them think like that? And they'd be like, because they don't get out. Like, you need to learn more about the brain or something. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what else I'm interested in. I'm not good at art. I'm, I mean, I can draw stick figures. But, uh, you can draw if you put your mind to it. I drew, I listen. I drew the um what is the the cover yeah, you art don't to the even show. Know. <laughs> I drew the cover art to the show. I'm not a I'm an artist. I'm not a perfect artist, but I'm an artist. Well, I'm I'm not. <laughs> you Put your mind to it. And I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I thought like therapy at first. I originally wanted to be a child therapist, but then working with like the stuff we did with community with development. I was like, no, I don't want to be in a office talking to one kid. Like, I want to be out doing things and learning more. Like, I would learn through therapy, but not. It's not as rigorous mm-hmm. as like being out in a community doing hands-on things with youth. Okay. Oh, I like that. So, like, psychology led me to community youth development, and I've incorporated what I'm learning through psychology kind of into community youth development at least like the developmental part 
I like that. That's actually a pretty good combination. If I knew about community youth development, I would probably would have did that. I love it. Go. Maybe something like that in my master's program. I don't know. <laughs> you know but what we did the other day in class? What? My first class for community youth development of the semester. Um, <laughs> we we walk in and the professor had a, a girl that we didn't know give us directions because she's always trying to make things like unpredictable, which I love. And we had to make a chair. Everyone in the class had to participate. We had to make it out of balloons, string, and tape. And one of us had to be able to sit on it without it breaking. That's why I love community youth development because that was a class. <laughs> And we made Wait. the chair out of balloons. Wait, you had to make a chair out of balloons, tape, and what? Um, string, yarn. Because what we do is we like. How do you make a chair out of yeah, that? Yeah, we did it. We blew up six of the balloons. We tied four together for the seat, and then the rest for the back. Taped them all together, and I sat on it, and it didn't break. But it broke. No, it didn't. the The point of that is like. I need to see this chair. It's, I think she still has it. Oh. Yarn, mm-hmm. balloons, yep. and tape. Yep. You sat on yarns, balloon, and tape. Yep. It had legs and everything? No. <laughs> she didn't say there had to be. So it was just... On the like floor, the, the, yeah. It was just like a pillow. No, we had a back. Back don't count. Yeah, it does. Was it sitting on, like, it was the back leaning on a, uh, a wall? No. I need to see this. Why you ain't take a picture of this? I need to see this. Cause... She took a picture of it. I'll have to get it from her. Okay, good. And I then we made it. a song and dressed up and sang and danced. Hmm. Because she does those things so that we'll have more ideas of things to use for, like, team building for when we go out and interact with the youth. So we get to do this stuff first. It's really fun, actually. That's it. Now I want to do it because <laughs> I might do that with my kids this year. We going we to... Gonna... Yeah, because I need to, I want to actually see that. Anyway, <laughs> so CYD and psych. I like that. I mean, I'm still, I'm doing the same thing. I'm like a psychologist in myself. You you are. And <laughs> I'm doing community youth development too. That's my field. That's my field of choice and that's my field I'm going to stay in. So do you plan on taking that back to your community? Yeah, that's the ultimate goal. In what capacity? Um, just to encourage them to actually learn about cultures other than what we have, what we were brought into. Farm culture. Yeah, <laughs> farm <laughs> culture. Um, and to get out, like, before you graduate high school, like, that's how I got out of it. I just, I mean, my parents encouraged me to a lot, and I was fortunate for that. But just to get out of the town, please. <laughs> and starting, like, the conversation young and just, like, challenging what they're learning so that they kind of have an idea of what the reality of the world is not just the little bubble that they're growing up in we're gonna talk about that more after break um you already know this is royal flex the brand's introspective insight talk show and we gonna be back in a couple few minutes cut yes i said couple few minutes we'll be back though so bring another set of ears because this is your dang it i need to figure out a little slogan for that because i was i was rolling and going in that but we're gonna be back in a second though introspective insight is brought to you by royal flex the brand where we empower through creativity 
And if you have the time, you do have the time because you're listening to the show. And this is the break. So head on over to social media. Follow us at Facebook and Instagram at Royal Flex the Brand. On Twitter, it is at RFTB underscore official and also II Talk Show. There's not a lot of content on our pages right now, but once we start to get um, our video specialist in here and we start to get the visuals and I finish doing the stew, renovating the stew, then we will have visuals to put up and actively promote the different things that we're working on. So please just go head on over there, like our pages, and just stay tuned for visuals and all the good stuff. Also, we have a UCARIN account. So if you care about what we're doing and you want to help um, basically raise the bar as to what we're trying to accomplish, please head over to ucaring.com slash insight and just donate anything. You can donate a dollar. You can donate $2. If you donate it, you become um, a sponsor and we will actively shout you out every week on the show or every other week. However, you know, we see fit. So please, if you care about what we're doing, just head over to you caring account uh, to our you caring account, uh, our fundraiser and just donate some funds for us so we can get out this basement. But without further ado, just stay tuned and we'll be back in a few minutes. And we're back. There we know. I don't I don't know what I'm I'm gonna figure out. I'm gonna figure out what I'm gonna say. It's gonna be like cause we are your favorite <laughs> podcast or something like that. We're gonna figure it out. I'm gonna figure it out. Um but we are back. So on to your vision. Because you said you wanna take it back to your community. Eventually, yeah. In a way where you're educating like cultural education yeah not and, appropriation and encouraging 18 huh and encouraging encouraging to do what i like so edu- just give me like your whole vision oh like your whole man. mindset <laughs> i don't know i just had this realization last week i'm sitting in class and i'm like epiphany that's what i'm gonna Eureka. do yeah brain blast <laughs> oh god you had like the whole jimmy neutron yeah. thing with the ear and the brain and the yeah elect- electricity and stuff going brain blast and for the next hour after i couldn't stop talking about it, i'm eating lunch with my friend sarah <laughs> and she's like you're still thinking about that aren't you i'm like i'm gonna be because there's just so many ideas and i don't know exactly what my approach is gonna be at but something along the lines of just encouraging youth starting i don't know like sixth grade sixth maybe grade? yeah you go young yeah you go kindergarten you th- kindergarten mm-hmm. you go pre-k <laughs> you can't because pre-K obviously you would have to simplify whatever <laughs> yeah. you're teaching but you can go as far as pre-k there's no limit to education to knowledge that's, no limit. that's true i i'll have to think about how i would approach it with kids that young but it can be done oh yeah it definitely could be done yeah in a general sense mm-hmm. what what is the, the the vision like what do you see in the next let's say 10 15 years 10 15 years well 10, five let's 10, say five ten years not 15 that's too far these next couple years i need to focus on expanding my knowledge so that i'm gonna have enough to talk about and to relate to them because if i don't 
learn more. I mean, I've learned a lot this past year, you know, summer camp and everything. And Yeah, all them black baby kids. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. You can say all them black baby kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just say it. Just go ahead and say it. all them black baby kids. You can throw your hands Baby? Up. Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, that's slang. Yeah, it's just kids. See, like, I'm still learning. Yeah, baby kids. It's just like, um, help me out, guys. They just, not bad kids, but it's just kids around the way like it's just kids baby kids <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> anyway the black baby kids you guys the, the black baby kids there you go <laughs> um yeah that taught me i don't even remember what we were talking about now um but summer camp learning the last year oh yeah the summer camp and everything and so, the black baby kids <laughs> really just been the past like two years but i've been in qid classes just expanding cultural knowledge what it's like to be a youth in rochester and seeing different environments and just realizing wow like i i didn't know anything about any of this my whole entire life growing up and i wish that i did and i hope that i can give that opportunity to other young kids who are growing up in urban ignorant america and rural rural well everywhere is ignorant but rural, rural. is where you can rural. yeah you, you knew yeah that's what i meant urban is thank here. you yes yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you <laughs> we right here um explain i know but just overall i don't know the details or what i'm gonna do yet because i'm still kind of learning as i go and as i learn more i'll have more of an idea of what i can do as a white girl who came from such a small secluded area who's now italian you're italian italian a italian girl (laughs) (laughs) um who then went to a different area and was like wow these kids need to know about this stuff Mm -hmm. so taking it back telling kind of my personal experience and tying it into educating them too while being unapologetic as you 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 have to be unapologetic you have to um so that they they know more of the reality behind history one not just what you're taught in class mm-hmm. and today's current reality and what they can do to keep expanding their knowledge throughout the years getting out of the town reading a book that's relative to different cultures other than theirs and yeah just expanding their knowledge and learning and not just assuming a certain thing but actually asking questions like that's something i've done a lot and you know that like Mm -hmm. i've learned a lot because i've asked a lot and if i want to know something then it's all you gotta do to learn just keep asking so basically you want to be able to bring back what you Basically, what you've learned here and then take it to your community. And And ones like it, yeah. And the communities around Mm -hmm. and just basically be able to talk to not just inner city communities, but rural communities as well. Yeah. Towns, villages. Yeah, Yeah, we're a village. Villages (laughs) with a school with 200 people in it total. That's a village. Um, I think that's real dope because 
in today's world with the racial tensions and the Donald people, Trumps. the Donald Trumps <laughs> of the world and the white nationalists and the white supremacists, we need people, white people, um, to be able to take, you know, these serious conversations and such back to where they came from, basically. Yeah. Like, especially in the rural areas, because there's a lot of people that want to get out and then they just leave them there. But those people just registered to vote too. So you can't avoid, like, you can't avoid them because okay. eventually they're going to influence something in the world, i.e., Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is Orange Man in the White House? <laughs> orange He's <man>. orange. <laughs> also, recently learned who Orange Man was. Yeah, the Orange <laughs> Orange Man, Agent Orange. Um, yeah. So I think that's real dope, and I think that in order for you to be completely effective in what you're trying to do or what you want to do, um, like I said before or earlier. It's more so with the approach that you plan on taking mm-hmm. and not just going in there and being like, I'm Italian <laughs> and I want to tell all y'all that y'all secluded <laughs> and y'all need to go to the world and learn everything because it's not just about you and your cow and the milk that come out of your cow. <laughs> it's about black people, white people, Italians, Italians. All of us. Don't forget the chickens. They have chickens too. Oh, they got chickens. Yeah. Do they cut off their heads and they flap around? I hit one with a four wheeler one time. Ooh, you did what? Don't tell my coach, my basketball coach. You hit one with a what? Yeah, a four wheeler. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they're fun. Uh, you would actually like that. What a four wheeler? Yeah. Oh, I love four wheelers. Okay, good. I thought you were gonna say you didn't know what a four wheeler was. <laughs> I know what a four wheeler. We <laughs> ride them around. Well, I don't ride them around, but they ride them around the city all the time. Four wheelers, <laughs> dirt bikes, all that stuff. But you see, y'all got the land over there. They talk and just mm-hmm. ride them all throughout everywhere. We up here, we got these little four by four front yards. We're gonna do going circles. <laughs> that's another. That's another <laughs> conversation for another day. But yeah, just being able to go back to your community and then um and give them something that they don't get. Period. Like mm-hmm. that's powerful in itself. And like I said last week, in order for it to be a black wall street um or just less racism in general we have to as people as americans and i put that in quotations because to be american is almost like a um hyperbole i want to find another word it's like a it's a contradiction that's the best word i could think being american is like a contradiction because what is American when everybody don't get rights? When Americans are supposed to have the rights of freedom of speech, expression, all these different things. But when skin color is involved, some of those rights are revoked or lessened because of the pigment in their skin. They find a way around it. Little fun fact, yeah. off subject, <laughs> but everybody came from black people. I'm just saying. It's just, it's a couple of genes three genes that black people have back 8,000 years ago. Um, I read an article, guys, so I'm not making this thing. I'm not making this (laughs) stuff up. 8,000 years ago in the European area, like the more north you went, the, the lighter the skin color became because 
those people were deficient of two specific um i about to say vitamins <laughs> genes so when they're deficient of those two genes then they their skin their skin starts to lose pigment basically i can't remember the name that was in the article or the word that was in the article but basically revertiligo <laughs> if y'all watch the boondocks y'all know what i'm talking about but yeah so their skin so when you don't have those two genes their skin basically turn white and then all those people and it was like latin, black latin um i forget hunter gatherers they all had black skin but like when they lost the genes something like that i'm paraphrasing obviously they moved into like europe and then they all had white skin and then guess what when you start to you know do the do the do you start to Wait, what are you, reproduce what are you talking about? do you, do the what do the do do the do and then you start <laughs> what reproduce. are you doing with your hands <laughs> <laughs> i put them together i intertwined them um you do the do and you reproduce and now you're reproducing the absence of those two genes so then thus the white population european population was born little fun fact of the day but anyways of the week sorry i think that is awesome that you want to bring culture real culture back to your community to rule america because again we need those type of uh influences from the white community in terms of being able to spread awareness and then spread culture throughout the the parts of the world where we can't go like me as black i can't go to your city <laughs> i mean your village and talk to people about racism and lead those type of talks unless i'm next to you or somebody like that's the only way I get the access card in or I'm going to be on some get out <laughs> mind control. They trying to put me in the second place type <laughs> junk. Like, nah, I can't do that. I would have to be next to somebody that's leading the charge mm-hmm. and I'll be, you know, secondhand, just like vice versa. If I'm going into the black community or you trying to bring whatever you want to bring into the black community, you can't go and, and lead the charge because it's the black community. But if you with someone like myself, that's kind of black. But, you know, basically it adds credibility to you. And also it adds um, it reinforces whatever it is that you're trying to do, because when people see unison together, we stand divided, we fall type thing. You got to have an ally. Yeah. Basically, you got to show that alliance between the Mm -hmm. two races, because. One thing about racism in the terms that we can't fix is we can't keep talking about it without a solution. Mm-hmm. Like during training with the Center for Youth, they have like this anti-racism um, initiative or something like that where everybody talk about racism and talk about how racism is prevalent in the society today and all that stuff. Basically everything that we already know, what racism is, um, why it's so important to talk about it, all these different things, but there's no real solutions. As I keep on doing these episodes, I start to really kind of generalize a possible solution to racism in the terms of culture. Like if everybody buys into everybody's culture, we live in unison as one people. So in order for you to be able to go and do what you want to do in your community, you have to bring something with you. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not tangible. I think that's the right word. 
where they can touch it. I mean, no, 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 no. <laughs> you have to bring something that's tangible in which they can touch, but you have to bring some knowledge behind that tangible thing. Like, y'all watch The Lion King down there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a Disney movie. I should know. <laughs> For example, this. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm holding my catch it cone. And I painted it African colors. And basically, I put African symbols on there. So it has the Ankh on there. It has the hook and flail on there. It has the all-seeing eye on there. And it has the Sankofa bird on there. And it has green, red, yellow, and black, which is the African, the core of the African colors. And also the core of the Kwanzaa colors for the Nguzo Saba. And in Kwanzaa, Dr. Karinga labeled, so each color has a meaning. So the black is for the people, red is for the struggle, green is for the future, and then yellow, that's just part of the African culture. So I just put Sankofa. But to bring this in a sense, let's just say this was something that you can kind of pass around and say, this is something that has to do with African culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and you pass it around as tangible, but they can also identify different things. And if you go within whatever the case, whatever, however you decide to present this simple cultural piece to your community is a way to introduce them to African culture. That's not what the media portrays as African yeah. culture. That's my, oh, that's a whole another thing. Right. Media. Like, <laughs> because everywhere, no, no matter where you go in the world, the media in America controls the narrative of everybody mm-hmm. for the most part. Yep. We had a I great, mean, obviously yeah. England has, you know, their TV and um, Africa has their local TV. Everybody have their local TV, but America controls the narrative to everybody. So wherever you go, when you see hip hop, it derived from America. Whenever you see your R&B, it derives from America. The image, the imagery that goes behind those cultural um, music backgrounds comes from america like everything in the world comes stems from america so if you don't bring culture that america has not already appropriated and basically created this narrative of this group of people then you beating the dead horse with a hammer i think that's the is that the analogy um, it's close enough beating the Horse dead, a, a dead horse. Beating a, yeah, because why would you do that? Beating a dead horse with a hammer. <laughs> it's already dead. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's something like that. But so when you go into these communities, if I was you, I would bring, well, obviously you got to educate yourself on the Nguzo Saba and African principles and, you know, just African yeah. culture in general. That don't mean you got to go and learn African <laughs> dances and stuff like that. Oh, but we, just, we actually did that in one of my classes. It's actually, yeah. it's really dope. But just in general, like just educating yourself on African beliefs, mm-hmm. um, you can even go as far as religion in Africa, yeah. because I mean, obviously, all people came from Africa; <laughs> they derived from Africa in some way, shape, or form. But that's neither here or there. Go beyond the like basic knowledge, right? So yeah. go beyond racism is bad. Yeah, da, 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 da. it's more so like don't even talk about like, bruh, don't even talk about <laughs> racism because that's something. That you would talk about after you've got everybody kind of comfortable in the in the mindset of growth and development type thing. Like the Center for Youth can sit down. We can sit down and have a conversation about racism in in that sense and, and not be very tense or defensive for the most part because everybody is at that point where you, we can have that conversation. We go down to rural America, no matter where it's at, we're not going to be able to have that conversation because no. just like you said earlier. It's going to be a point where 
this don't got nothing to do with me like i'm good with my cows milking them mm-hmm. like they're gonna shut it out they're gonna go into defense mode right like yeah. i don't need to hear none of this like why am i sitting here instead mm-hmm. of being like okay we're gonna do activity and i want y'all to write down three things that you know about africa or black people it don't even got to be africa you can expand on africa as throughout whatever classes you do or whatever seminars you do or workshops or whatever the case like it can start with just simply black people in america what is your image of what do you believe in oh that'd be really interesting you're right you write it down and then now we have an open discussion about it something like that with the adults obviously with the kids Mm -hmm. it'd just be okay so what is this and then you can manipulate it like that but that could be a good activity yeah and then that's how you can start to incorporate the different things i view it as it's almost like when you change your eating habit (laughs) do a little bit at a time don't do too don't throw too much because you're gonna basically revert back to your old ways and be like i don't need this but if you do it little at a time like okay i'm gonna stop drinking soda but i'm still drink juice (laughs) then once you completely get off soda all right i'm off the soda now so now i can kind of wean off this juice and go straight to water and 100 percent juice and then once you get off that juice now you mean like okay now it's just more water and less of less 100 percent juice because it got 42 grams of sugar in it now you off that now i can't and eat nothing with high fructose corn syrup in it and once you get there you know what i'm saying then you just keep on growing step by step because that's the only way they're going to be receptive to the information that you want to bring that you want to bring to them and then eventually you can possibly open up a little cultural community center type thing where you can actually hold different classes and bring other people in that can further expound on the different cultures and different things like that because the native americans is hurting like through the dakota access pipeline type things because nobody knows about indigenous people we had a whole entire class on that last year too we actually partnered with um people from ganondigan Mm -hmm. i don't know oh yeah yeah, i told you about ganondigan um we learned all about the pipeline and we she came in and talked about her like story growing up as native american it was Mm -hmm. really really interesting yeah because they're forced native americans is forced on reservations mm-hmm. therefore they they had to take that because if they didn't then they would have given killed off yeah and the united states had to offer that because if they didn't then they would have had to kill them off and but they would have lost a lot of people yeah. in the process so it's really like it was a trade-off like we took all your land but we're gonna give you this little plot of land right here and then even this little plot of land is still my land if I want to build a big pipeline that's going to burst every five days into your sacred lands. But anyways, it's just like that. Like, I just feel like the key to your success would be introducing towns like yours. I don't even know what it's called. What is it called again? Canaserega. <laughs> that's how you know that the town is just secluded. Who made up that name? Well, it used to be um, all Indian, like, land, which is really ironic because now it's all completely white people. Hmm. But, yeah. That's that's just evil. (laughs) That is just evil. Anyways, um, yes, cultural education from episode 18. If you haven't listened to it, please go listen to episode 18. It's the episode right before this one. Cultural education will be the route I believe will be most effective in your pursuit to educate the people from rural America because 
it's ignorance. That's the that's like the 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 wall in between rural America mm-hmm. and urban America. Starting with the teachers too, I feel like that'll be. I'll have to start with the teachers workshops. to get them on board. Yeah, it'll be workshops to be able to um, have them incorporate. I think I I honestly I think that's across the board though, not just in rural America but in urban America too. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything in between suburban America as well. If we can get more culture into the classrooms and less tradition in the classrooms, we will have better graduation rates, student productivity, student retainment. I made that word up. I don't care. Student retainment and when, when they're retaining information. I don't think you made that up. I feel like I did. (laughs) I retention oh yeah that that sounds better retention maybe i got so many words going through my brain whatever um but basically just the productivity of a student and that competency for schoolwork, book smarts and all that stuff if you add that cultural twist into class and that and then also the creativity as we progress as people mm-hmm. because these traditional ways school is has been the same since then 1800s you're just doing it to get a grade the 1900s like where you sit down i forget who i was i just smacked my teeth mad hard (laughs) um i forget who i was talking to or who i was around but the back in the day school was structured how it is now because they wanted the students to learn how to be in one place for eight hours and be productive so when they get out because that's how they was going to do in the workforce so in factories they're going to be doing one thing for eight hours a day um so school was a way for them to basically train everybody on how to be in one place for a long period of time doing one thing and it's been the same ever since and i just feel like and around the world if you do some research other school days are like three hours no homework (laughs) three hours no homework it's great and it's (laughs) and they have better um retention that's i did say that retention um their retention rate is higher (laughs) um their graduation rate is higher their students do better in class because that's how our brains work but see america is that industrial revolution type they still stuck in the industrial revolution times Mm -hmm. where they want people to be in farms and they think eight hours of learning is the most effective way to learn. But in other countries that have their education system is better than ours. But we're the best country on, on the planet. They only have three hour, four hour um, school days with no homework. Like they don't give their kids homework and their kids are smarter than our kids. They're actually taking something away from it. Right. So they're learning more. Their retention is a lot higher than American kids because of. The various practices that they do so i honestly believe that we have to adapt and change with time like that's just what we gotta do so i just think across the board we have to start to train our teachers to be more creative and less traditional in the sense of how to get the information across to the students i actually seen a video on facebook one time where well in the beginning of the year more like a couple weeks ago um a teacher 
Like, his room was so vibrant. Lights everywhere. Like, colorful lights everywhere. And there were no, there were desks, but there were no chairs. There were medicine balls. So all the kids sat on medicine balls. And it was just like, everything was so, everything popped at you. So, you know, kids, they're like, oh, yeah. we got medicine balls that's going <laughs> on. And it's like, when they walk into the, I can just, because I was excited when I seen that. So I can just imagine the third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, first grade students walking in and seeing all that color and everything popping at them and them being able to sit on medicine balls. They want to be there. Right. They want to be there. They're, they're in a comfort zone. Their comfort level has already been, already been met the first time they walk into that classroom. And then when you add all the creative perks around there, it's like everything that's popping at you is not um, something that's going to distract you. It's something that's actually helping you. Like maybe the rules or maybe a problem or a definition or, you know, whatever it is that you're going to put up in your room. So I think that's across the board, mm-hmm. not just in your part of America where you come from. <laughs> I, that sounds wrong, but not not just in in rural America, but in urban America and suburban America. We have to um, retrain our teachers in a way where it will benefit the youth a lot better than what it is now. Because now it's just you show up, you might do good, you might do bad, mm-hmm. depending on your learning um, style, whether it's if you tactile, if you're a listener, or if you're or if you're um, a visual, or if you a combination of of the three, in some way, shape, or form. Um, but teachers now they don't cater to that, because I remember when I was growing up. We had like for math, we had the the big the blue um, little block things, and all the teachers had them. Where when we started doing adding, subtracting, multiplication, you would use those. So like, how many is this? Let's say it's four. Okay, so how many do we got to put on to make it eight? And then you like four more, and then they'd be like, good. Now put the four more on there, and then you just. They, like, stack up there. So mm-hmm. now you got eight of them. So then it was like, what did you just do? I just added four on there to make eight. So that's four plus four equals eight. So that was the visual and the tactile learning style. Now it's kind of just, that's stupid Common Core. I can't stand Common yeah. Core. Uh. Um, I dropped my pen. Um, <laughs> that, it just, it's taken away from the versatility that's supposed to be had in education in general Mm -hmm. so especially with the teachers and the teachers don't care they just want that check yep for the most part and the check not even that all that good for the most part all these teachers just need to take a cyd class it should be required (laughs) it really should, or at least a cyd workshop just a community development idea like mentality to be a teacher you should have to have that at least at least i would say at least twice a year a total of like 25 hours or 15 hours or something like yeah. that. And then you got to just throughout the year, you got to make that commitment. I I honestly think there should be some type of continued um, education for teachers. I agree. In the sense, and it, not continue education within the subject that they teach. I mean, 
continue education in terms of youth development and how to interact with their students and to, to actually get them students. to respond correct yeah right i like that i like that continued i'm writing this down my bad continued <laughs> education for teachers i told you we have three youth workers in our class right now they're, what, what they're is not a youth even worker? like a different organization so like a center for youth yeah type um, thing they're with parks and rec parks and rec yeah oh so the, the three that isaac brought in that i was telling you about and he worked they work with isaac i think so yeah and then they come okay to our classroom they're actually learning the cyd concepts in our classroom with us like as students and they like but grown. they're not really yeah but they're not really students workers, okay um, right. So okay. His goal out of that is to get more, more Continued youth education. workers to have that idea because he wants that in the organizations. Like continued of, education. Yeah, more of a CYD approach. Right. Just like how athletic trainers have to continue their education. Um, every year, like they have to satisfy, um, a certain amount of hours every year. Um, to basically keep their certification. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like teachers, to keep their ability to teach, they have to continue to um, continue their education through dealing with youth because a lot of those traditional ways, it does not work now. And a lot of times teachers, I just visited my old elementary school, the same faces that I seen when I was in elementary school 15 years ago. Like the same I think it's 15 years ago. That sounds so far. Oh, my goodness. I'm old. You're not old. Um, 10 years ago. What was I? 13. Yeah. Yeah. About 15 years ago. I was... So, I hit it on the nose. Um, yeah, but those same faces I seen that much long ago, they still there. So, I just feel like those same faces should have to go through continued education to learn... To basically maximize their potential in terms of teaching their their new students coming in because the students they teaching now is not how my classmates and i was back in the day it's changing right everything is changing so the teachers should change with time um so like i said i don't that's not just in rural america that's everywhere rural urban and suburban america Mm -hmm. and um i think it's it's definitely but that's definitely something that you still would have to do because it starts with the youth the youth is our future and in order to build the community you have to build the youth first everything starts with you you can't build a community starting with these community leaders quote-unquote because those do not exist no Mm -mm. they don't exist they really don't exist that's like one of the biggest hyperboles ever exaggerations if y'all don't know what hyperbole is <laughs> it's it's just and it's a, um one of the biggest hypocrisies too because the a said community leader is not really a community leader because they're never in the community how can you be a community leader but you don't know the faces in your community yeah. if you can't name the kids then you're not a community leader. right if you can't name some kids or if you can't Show me a kid that you've impacted in a positive way. You cannot be a community leader. Who's your lead? (laughs) And what are you leading? What are you fighting for? If you don't know anybody in the community. Like, I don't consider myself a community leader. 
I consider myself a community activist. It's a difference. It is a difference. It's a difference. Activist is trying to. I'm active. I'm. Yeah. Basically, I'm promoting an idea of something. I'm activate. I'm act. Activating. <laughs> it's really late. I don't know. If, yeah, it's really late. What am I looking for? Leadership is just too like power over. Makes it sound like they. Leadership is basically. I know what y'all want. Y'all follow me. We gonna yeah. get it. Activism is more so like I know what we need, and I'm gonna fight for that no matter what. In my opinion, that's how mm-hmm. I'll kind of break down activism and leadership. Like I don't want to be a leader. I don't want to be somebody who goes like a politician or uh, something like that, where you go and it's like, oh, well, if you tell me what you want, then I will lead you to the better answer, or whatever. Man, that politician crap. <laughs> You know, they don't want me to be a politician because I'm going to shake everything up. But it's more so I want to be an activist, activist for Black Wall Street, because I feel like the black community should be more self-sufficient in the sense that we can provide for ourselves and not have to depend on the white community for so much. Like, how are we talking about today? (laughs) You need a black Park Ave. We need a black Park Ave. Like, Park Ave in Rochester is like what the Black Wall Street would be. Literally, like, go over to Park Ave and just walk around. <laughs> white people all over the place. White people own all them houses over there. And they, it's like all them houses have at least four apartments in there. And it's in Park Ave. So they can charge. I know, well, I seen a for rent sign over, over there somewhere. And it said rent is 1400 For a one bedroom or two bedroom? I have no idea. Pro- probably like a. <laughs> I think it, it was probably a two bedroom. It could have been a three bedroom. But that wasn't, it's. That's only one of the apartments in the house. So yeah. if you imagine if they paying fourteen hundred for just that part portion of the house and them houses is really, really big. So if they paying for that and there's two more other or two or three other apartments in there, they easily getting over four or five thousand dollars just for that house. And one house. And like my landlord owns forty something. Forty houses? Yeah. He Yeah. And he's white. And they and probably he autom- charges us way more than he needs to. That's for sure. Right, and he's probably, I mean, Autumn House is probably in the Park Ave area. Yeah. So, if y'all want to get an idea of what I believe Black Wall Street would look like, go over to Park Ave and just walk around, like, and just on a good day. Obviously, on the weekend, Saturday is a good popping day for, like, during the day, in which you can kind of see. And get a vibe for Park Ave. But just go and walk around. That is what I believe Black Wall Street should be. All those storefronts, black owned. All those houses and stuff, black owned. Black people live in them. We can live in unison. And we can cooperate and talk to each other and all that stuff. That's what Black Wall Street is. Well, Little Africa. Black Wall Street is a mindset. Little Africa is the manifestation of the mindset of Black Wall Street. So, um, I think that is what I got for today what we have for today it was a good perspective coming from a um italian (laughs) italian a italian and just perspective on life outside of urban america and obviously they don't have enough uh serious talks that's why we have the orange man in office today that's it, just how it, it is. That's if you look at it, it's sad. It is sad, but look, I don't want to say it's sad because Twitter it's, page, like, <laughs> yeah, I, that's, yeah, yeah. That's not my president. That's your president. <laughs> not I'm, my president. I'm um, I got my own nation, Dev Nation. 
So, <laughs> um, yeah, I thank you guys for listening. Um, I hope we hope you come back next week with another set of ears. And I think that this was a pretty productive conversation in the sense that we kind of just threw this together today and we recorded it really, 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 really late. One one in the morning. It's yeah, we finished <laughs> this at one in the morning. So, um, Hannah, I appreciate you coming through clutchness because <laughs> I wanted to get an episode out this week and um, you actually came through and you don't even be up this late. So <laughs> I appreciate you. We appreciate you. Um, Insight Nation appreciates you. Wow, I like that. Wow. Insight Nation. You're going to write that down, aren't yes, you? Yes, <laughs> I am. Insight Nation. Insight Nation. I like that. <laughs> Insight Nation appreciates you. Um, and we hope to have you back on the show, hopefully soon. Um, do you have anything else left to leave us with? Nope, not that I can think of. All right, then you are <laughs> Hannah Clutchness. <laughs> Hannah Clutchness. Oh, there you go, Hannah Clutchness. <laughs> Hannah, I'm just writing everything down. I need to go to sleep. Clutchness. <laughs> Hannah Clutchness. That's not her last name, guys. But it's actually right because I'm always right right because i'm always right yeah mm. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> hannah clutchness that is hannah clutchness i am king devdo i don't have a jewel for you this week so just understand that cultural education is the way to go it is not cultural appropriation we do not appropriate we educate so if you want the black communities of the world the white communities of the world the asian communities of the world arab communities of the world the english communities of the world the russian communities of the world and all the other communities of the world including the japanese the chinese the koreans the vietnamese the taiwans the all of them all of them if you want everybody to come together in unison and not try to nuke everybody because the fat boy over there in north korea wants to nuke donald j trump i'd want to nuke him too we all want to nuke him but (laughs) um if you want everybody to work in unison please educate them on the culture of the said people that you want everybody's culture because if you educate instead of appropriate we can turn this thing we call life around and racism will not exist anymore because everybody will understand everybody because logic said (laughs) he wants equality for men women child regardless of color creed race and sexual orientation i said that wrong but close enough you're getting it was close enough i am king devdo that is hannah clutchness and um this is royal flex the brand's introspective insight we thank you for listening and bring another set of ears for next week's show it's gonna be hype it's gonna go down well it's not really gonna be hype but no we always hype never mind it's gonna be hype so that's that i need to stop talking so bring another set of ears for next week's show and We thank you guys for listening. Take us out. I dropped my pen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, uh, introspect. Uh, uh, tip inside. Hope you come back next week. Y'all already know. Come back next week. This is Royal Flex the Brand's Introspective Insight. Don't forget about our UCARIN account. Help us get out this basement.
Come back next week.